You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey girls, welcome back to Behind the Bliss Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Autry, and I am literally so honored that you press play and join me for different episodes. Whether this is your first, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Or if this is your 192nd, hello. I'm also so thankful that you're here. Just to like give you a little spark notes version about what we're about, we love sharing stories from other women to encourage you of where you are in life. But a lot of times, some different topics can fall through the gaps. And these topics typically include ones that could be awkward or taboo or whatnot, like body image or sex or finances or whatever. And one that I've seen that we haven't actually had a legit show on, which are definitely wanted to dedicate an entire show to is this idea of postpartum and motherhood mental health. We hear about it. Yes, there are some amazing accounts online and on social media that I could totally recommend and I will throw them in the show notes. But I wanted a trusted person that I could ask some nitty gritty practical questions to that I honestly knew could give me the answers that were full of hope and life and encouragement and truth. And who else to do that than my friend, Rachel? Rachel Elmore is an online therapist. She is a specific expert in a lot of things, but I would say for sure postpartum therapy is where she hits the nail on the head. So today's episode is going to hit home for you, encourage you and bring you back to life, especially if you're in that weird postpartum season or you're a motherhood going through a funk. And I have been there. I was there last week. I am here with you girls and so excited to hear and to learn from her and all of the wisdom that she has for us today. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> How are you? I know. Good. I know. It's always so funny, especially when two Rachels on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're A-E-L and I'm just E-L. I am A-E-L. I know. They probably so spell it are. wrong for you all the time as well, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm like, if it's ever a friend that's E-L, it's always, they spell it A-E-L, like on my Starbucks cup. But then it's so funny because the A-E-Ls only get E-Ls. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Just call me Rach. Yes. Just call me Rach, Rach, we all respond to for <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Tell us what you've been up to. What does life look like for you these days? All the fun things. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me. This is such an honor to get to be here today. I'm a licensed therapist of 18 years and I specifically work with depression and anxiety. I'm also a lover of Jesus and very much a hot mess mom. I also was, I'm not very good at (laughs) selling, (laughs) right? I'm not very good at selling myself, but I'm trying to get better with just being like, Hey, this, this is actually who I am. And, um, so I was honored to win Lisa Turkhurst's book proposal boot camp book contract. And I was one of the first two winners of the Compel Book Line book contract. So I am um, currently finishing a book for all new moms struggling in that season of new motherhood. And so, and so that's me. And so back in um, 2011, I struggled with some postpartum depression and some postpartum anxiety myself. I was already a pretty experienced licensed therapist at that point. So um, there really weren't any resources for me at that time. 
So I actually have spent, I would say, the last decade of my life focusing on helping moms with help that really just wasn't there for me. Um, yeah. And now writing the book that wasn't there for me. And so that's a little bit about me. I have, um, I, again, I have a practice in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, just love, love, love being a counselor. I have the coolest job in the world. And I also have two little boys, which keep me very, very busy. Oh, I bet. Oh, so you're a full-blown boy mom. Yes, I am a boy mom. Yes. I'm, I never thought I would yes. have all boys, but I do. And <laughs> they are a blast. And God has just been so good through that. We have a lot of fun, but That's there's so good. no furniture in my house that doesn't have scuff marks all over it for sure. Right, exactly. So like we just moved. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to figure out like, okay, do we invest in like the good furniture? And I'm like, honestly, babe, that is not our season. So we're like, we're that like rooms to go wayfarer, but like make it yeah. cute. That's where we are right yeah, now. Make it cute. Um, mm -hmm. Make it cute. And so I'm pregnant with our second right now due in December. And we're going to be surprised on the gender. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I just have it feel it in my bones. I'm like, I think I'm a boy bomb. I just, mm -hmm. I think it. So it's nice. funny. Nice. Keep you posted. Well, congratulations. Hey, thanks. It's always funny to hear from like another boy mom. Like, oh yeah, this is just, there's no other, there's no other life. Like once you know it, it's just meant to be. It is. It is. It's fantastic. So well, congrats. That's awesome. Hey, thanks. We're excited. A lot going on, but I feel like everyone's life, there's always, there's always walls in the air. I think it's so funny, especially talking to counselor, like friends that are in counseling or friends that consider themselves therapists. They always are like, my favorite part about being a counselor is hearing people sit on my chair, like sit on my couch. And like, there's so many similar situations that vary, obviously, but it's so funny because everyone, every single person that shares a story of like where they are, the situation they're walking through, they're convinced. It's like, it's just me or like, I'm a small percentage of the world. And they're like, if, if they knew the amount of people that said the same phrases or believed the same things about themselves, they would feel so much less lonely. And so that's why I'm like, I'm so excited to have you here today, Rachel, because that's what we're all about. We're like, let's break the ice. Like, let's just get funky and awkward and share about it and bring to light some of the things that I feel like the enemy truly tries to keep hidden in our dark places of our heart to convince us of things that are just are not true. So absolutely. Here we are. And amen to that. And I think I, the Psalm 32, three, David says that when he kept silent about his struggle, his body wasted away. And some translations wow. say that his bones wasted away. And, and, you know, we can we can equate that some with like sin struggles, but we know that he was talking about keeping silent and not talking and keeping things covered. It's just not good for us. And yeah, especially for myself with postpartum depression, you know, it was a big part of my healing in the beginning. And I know we're not just talking to women with postpartum, but with any sort of depression or anxiety. Yes. I mean, like, none of us are alone and it's so powerful to speak out and I'm the first to stand up and proudly say that I have you know as a licensed therapist and I would like to say you know a fairly successful human being and good mom that I struggled as well and and would definitely want all of your listeners to hear that today too okay tell me I'm just curious when you identified that that was something that you were experiencing was it like you started reading symptoms and you're like, hmm, that's similar. Or did somebody else kind of call it out in you? What was that 
journey to figuring out like this is something that's happening in my mind and my heart right now. Okay. So my first son was born um, at the end of 2011. So he's born uh, December 28th, actually. He was born on my mom's birthday, which is fun. So you will have a December baby as well. And I was in love with him for three weeks. I just couldn't stop holding him, uh, nuzzling him, nibbling at his cheeks, everything. Uh, Three weeks from the day I gave birth, I woke up and it was like a switch flipped for me. And the thing about postpartum issues, whether it's baby blues, depression, or anxiety, we're we're sisters, we're not twins. So all of our experiences, I always like to say, I never want people to think it has to be just like my experience. But for me, all of a sudden, I started to have like fear of holding him. I started to have some things called intrusive thoughts, which, you know, I I don't want to quote because I don't want to trigger any moms. But with that being said, I knew immediately. And I remember waking up, rolling over and touching my husband on the shoulder and saying, I need to call a doctor today because I just knew something was not right. Um, And I just remember, and I did have a, um, my older son Hunt had a pretty severe dairy allergy that we hadn't identified at that point. So he would, his uh, crying fits were pretty severe to the point where he, there were times he would cry for 16 hours a day. And there were times that if he wasn't eating or sleeping, he really was crying. And it was poor thing. He was a hurting baby. He wasn't a fussy baby. He was hurting. And so at that time, I just, I had a lot of issues. I I had a lot of hard time, like getting him to latch. And it was a very tough pregnancy and a very tough delivery. And I knew immediately because of like, I'm blessed because of what I do for a living. I knew, right. And so many women, it's like, they're six months into it before they realize, oh my gosh, I think I might have some postpartum depression. And, and if that's anyone listening, you're not alone. But that that was it for me. And my, luckily my training immediately, and I have the, truly an amazing OBGYN, an amazing uh, family doctor as well, who just jumped right in, an amazing church family that just took care of me right away. Um, and, you know, so I was very blessed in that way to have that knowledge set to where I didn't have to wait until someone else said, Hey, I don't think you're okay. So it wasn't weeks and weeks into that suffering until I was able to get in with a counselor and start some medicine and some things that that can be really helpful. For my case, I had some pretty severe postpartum symptoms. So for me, that was what that was like. It was, it was pretty I knew what it was because I felt very different and I felt like I had fears of holding him when he was crying and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way I feel like everyone's brain is a little bit different. I love how you said sisters, not twins. Mm -hmm. I've always said that about my eyebrows, (laughs) but I've never really said it about people. Eyebrows are sisters (laughs) and not twins for sure. That's right. But it's so interesting because you hear someone else's story or like, even me, I feel like I'm having a lot of those hindsight 2020 moments, mm-hmm. like where I look back and I'm like, you know what, actually, like I probably, if I sat down and talked through some of the things I was going through, I think I totally had postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know if I had maybe the information. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you're just, there's like so much happening in your, in your skull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much that it's hard to sort through the emotions and figure out is this perm? Does it feel permanent? Does it feel temporary? Can it go away or is it lingering? Like, what is my dominant mood? Like all the things that Google, if you Googled it, like would tell you to do. But at the end of the day, it's so hard. So let's say that there's someone listening and they're like, okay, I relate to the story, but I don't know to what degree I'm experiencing this in order to call it PPA or postpartum depression or something like that. What would you say to somebody who's 
kind of like negotiating in their brain. Does that make like that? Yeah. That's the best way I know how to describe it. I just was like negotiating and like yeah. trying to figure out a formula. Yeah, I think that well. All moms experience the baby blues. There's never really a biological mom and really even studies have shown adoptive moms that don't go through some baby blues. So I would like to say that. And again, a lot of moms, they don't have intrusive thoughts. They'll have like just anxiety over like their baby. Like what if my baby stops breathing in the middle of the night and they can't go to sleep? And so a lot of us, again, we're very different in our symptoms, but anything that lasts after two weeks, is considered not baby blues. So if you, if you have symptoms and you're crying a lot and you just can't seem to feel better, if you're having symptoms more than two weeks, I just, I just don't think it's worth waiting. And even then I'm at that point where I just think you talk to your, the first step is you talk to your OBGYN immediately and That's say, right. yeah. you know, I'm crying most of the day. And the problem is my OBGYN was awesome. And he just knew immediately. I was like, I'm a therapist. This isn't right. A lot of them can sometimes just say, oh, that's just the baby blues, which is true in 80% of women. But there's a big 20% that's postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, anything that lasts after two weeks, like, you know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of crying throughout the day, feelings of hopelessness. Obviously, I have to say on every podcast, if you're having any like thoughts about hurting yourself or anything, obviously <laughs> right. the next stop is, you know, the mental health department. I don't know, emergency department, not this podcast, even at this time. So with that being said, it, you know, anything after two weeks, we immediately say it's time to talk to your doctor for sure. That's a good rule of thumb. I like that. Yeah. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Because like, normal. again, you could, mm-hmm. you can make the excuses in your brain mm-hmm. and like, I can convince myself in or out of anything. That's like my trait that I'm working on is like, I can negotiate with myself. And, um, I think to be able to say like, pause, I deserve to find some answers. Mm-hmm. Even if they said, Hey, I know this is challenging. I think what you're walking through is just a lot of hard scenarios. Um, or if they're like, you know, I really think medicine could help or, Hey, I think whatever, whatever. Um, yes, I think just inviting somebody third party, like your OBGYN, someone professional that has seen this can probably help you a lot better than your internal dialogues could ever. So I love that. Yes. The two to two weeks rule. What's so interesting too, is now you mix like the Christian culture, I think. And it gets a little fuzzy mm-hmm. like it gets a little gray area because mm-hmm. um you have people that even say some things that could be a little toxic like this is so beautiful though you should be grateful and you're like you know what you're right i should be grateful and so you kind of like dig down deep and you muster up that gratitude and then like it gets you another six hours mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the end of the day what's there is still there um so i almost want you to speak to when these two worlds collide, like when your faith mm-hmm. is like really struggling because your body feels so like, like you, you just are feeling let down by your body or your mind or whatever. How do you even like rationalize that? Yeah. Well, postpartum symptoms and the baby blues, they are not rational. They are chemical. And Mm -hmm. when we go through that, when we, because my book is, is, it is a book, it is a biblical and clinical guide to walking through the first year of hard motherhood. Okay. So we cannot wait. We cannot wait. And it's it's (laughs) mom is born because moms are born as well as babies. And so with a mom is born, 
I walk through the biblical and walk through the clinical and walk through medicine, count everything. Like this is, this is basically the guide that I walk thousands of women through in my practice and being able to give women the help that maybe they don't have time to, because there's not many therapists that know and are specialized in, or specialized in postpartum depression. And so when we think about merging the faith and the, the clinical aspect of this, and it's a lot to, I could kind of write a book about that on its own, but when we're dealing with any sort of medical condition, and I would definitely argue the way it was for me, like three weeks after I started medication, it was like the sky was bluer and I had this strength to tell yeah. some of those ugly thoughts to go away. And I was able to hold my baby without starting to panic that I was going to somehow drop him or, and so I will always argue that if this was solely a spiritual issue, the medicine wouldn't work. And I know everything from a theological standpoint. I have a lot of theology training in my background, as well as the clinical training. I'm not a theologian. I'm aware that everything is Jesus, just Jesus, all Jesus. But God has also given us a ton of tools and science to use that works really well, too. And so, and she knows I always use her as an example. My amazing mother-in-law is uh, type, has type 1 diabetes, and she rocks it. She does so well managing uh, her diabetes, but I would really challenge someone. I feel like it's kind of like someone telling her to not use her insulin pump because she, exactly. know, she, she would not live without it. It's scary. She's such an active and healthy lady, but if it's a medical condition, it's kind of hard to, we don't pray this away and not that prayer isn't supreme because it is, and God does heal, but God also heals with other tools as well, like therapy, mm -hmm. like group therapy, like being a part of a Bible study for new moms, like even medicine sometimes. God uses a lot of faith and a lot of science and the science that he designed by hand. So, I mean, obviously you could tell I'm very passionate about this because I just want any, any, well, any woman listening, mom or not mom, to know that, you know, if, if it's, if we've got a medical thing going on, that seeking that is nothing to do with the lack of faith has nothing to do with a lack of faith. And you're not discounting that God can treat it. My mother-in-law isn't discounting that God could cure her diabetes when she changes out her insulin pump. She's using the gift that he's given her to live her life in a healthy way. And she's a very strong Christian. And so with that, I would just, you know, challenge our hearts as we hear, oh, you should just be so lucky or, you know, this soon will pass. That's what a lot of people said to me. This soon will pass. Right. Like, but what, if, what if I do need a little bit of help? And what if I do need to take kind of a couple extra steps? And what if I am grateful and I do love being a mom, but it's just something isn't, this isn't going very well for me and I would like it to go yeah. better. That's so good. I saw something on Instagram the other day I thought was hilarious. It was someone giving somebody else some flack for taking medicine for their depression. And um, it was a reel she had kind of put together based on the ugly comment. And it said something like, okay, put down your Tylenol, Janet. <laughs> like, if you really believe that God can heal all things like depression, then don't take Tylenol. <laughs> put down your ibuprofen, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> don't take Benadryl when you got anaphylactic shock going on. Like, where's your EpiPen? There's like, so, yes. So it's so funny you bring this up because that was a recent find, maybe giggle. Yeah. Um, but it's true. It's like, yeah, God. God created our brains to be able to find things on this planet, mm -hmm. to create the medicine, mm -hmm. to make our bodies work as closely to how they were designed to work as possible. Mm -hmm. So that 
in return, like we can live the lives fully in in hopes for sure, full healing one day. Absolutely. Cause he can, and he does. Mm-hmm. But in that meantime, I'm not, I'm not that. Yeah. You've got to figure out what you're going to do with your meantime. Yeah. When, if I were ever to, not that I ever necessarily would, but if I were ever lucky enough to like build a custom house and hire architects someday, like maybe after, you know, I don't know, I write tons of books. Who, who knows? But, <laughs> after you become a New York Times bestseller. I mean, that would be cool and all, but you know. <laughs> but like, let's say I, I hired an architect to design my house. They're not going to come and stand on my land that I don't own, by the way, and come stand on my land and just pray that the, the boards build themselves. Sometimes we have to go out and we have to take some nails and we have to build something. And and with that, yeah. that's very much how I look at the brain. It's very much how I look at our faith and, you know, Faith is always supreme, but but God has given us a lot along with our faith. And um, I'm so thankful for for science and for modern medicine. Amen. For sure. Amen. So do you feel like there's a group of women that obviously clicked play because they are in this postpartum season where they're like, this is funky. Like no one told me about XYZ or this happening or that happening or, you know, protein allergies being an issue. Like, there's a lot that you just kind of get like slapped in the face, jump in the deep end. There's no way to know it until you experience mm-hmm. it, which I think is the tricky part, right? Where then we start talking about what's happening in our mind because our mind is yielding to this like new life that we'd never even knew existed. Beautiful, but totally hard and just weird. Um, and then I just feel like there's this also season of women who maybe are like finally swimming out of this deep end to like the tide pool but things are still weird. And it's not because maybe there's something going on like a diagnosis or a missing diagnosis. Maybe it could just be because funks happen. Maybe like for me, I just remember like being a military spouse and moving with my like little one, having to find new friends, new routines. Like it just was like everyone has their own story. Mm-hmm. And I just also feel like the disclaimer needs to be said. Like it's okay if it's weird. And it's okay if like your expectations are a bit missed because there are so many fake expectations set right now online about what this looks like. Um, so I, I just feel like there's also some women that clicked play today because they're like, I think I might be doing it wrong mm-hmm. because my, it doesn't look like that for me. Like I, I don't, I don't have the time to put together a cute reel about my first year with my baby and like all these things. Like I, again, like not maybe because there's anything like clinical like going on, but maybe it's just, man, momming can be weird. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to those girls that are like maybe dealing with that guilt Mm -hmm. of this just doesn't look like I thought it was going to look like. Don't, don't hate it, but it's just different. Mm Mm-hmm. You see, we all know what to expect when we're expecting. At least there's lots of books for that, but none of us know what to expect after we've already expected, right? And so with that, I've never met a new mom who wasn't struggling. And if, yeah. if ladies, if that is you and you're listening to this, please reach out to me on Instagram. I want to study you. I want to <laughs> yeah. get research funding. Because I've never, not that, not that we don't love our babies and not that we don't love being a mom, but I've never met a new mom that, didn't struggle ever because our body, our mind, our, our, our life never goes through a bigger transition than after we become a mom. And, and from a chemical standpoint, our body actually never goes through a bigger biological change than the weeks following 
postpartum, like following when we give mm-hmm. birth. And, and not just for biological moms, for foster moms too, where we're learning that the brain and the body and your hormones, your endocrine system change. And so I think that to live in the funk and to live in like, this is weird is actually the new normal. And it won't wow. always be this way. I tell every new mom and sometimes like holding back tears as a therapist because I'm such a softy ever since I became a mom and such a softy. <laughs> but it gets better. Tomorrow the sun will rise and there will be a time where you'll get in a rhythm and where things will feel better. Now you reference to moving across country. That is, girl, that's like, a whole extra added amount of stress and pressure on you just to like feel <laughs> uprooted with your support system and all of that. So obviously that adds like an extra layer of weird onto the weird. So I feel like weird has to become the normal. And I feel right. like, like that constant comparison of, of saying it should be this way. is just garbage because what mm-hmm. it looks like is, and I tell my friends, I tell Everyone I meet, your goal at the end of the day as a mom is to feed yourself and to feed your baby. That's it. And that may be prayer. I hope so. Prayer. I hope you pray for your baby. I always say extra credit, pray for your baby. Um, that I hope it's some walks and some showers and some trips to Target without your kid once in a while. But at the end of the day, your goal is to feed yourself and feed your baby. Your house will look like a wreck. You may have not washed your face in three days, which obviously I want self-care. But especially in those first few months, I mean, I just... I also don't have a ton of like really vivid memories of, of those first few months other than just taking care of my son. I just remember like that, like getting up and watching the monitor and br- the breast pump and those kinds of things, because that's what I was doing for my, that was my life. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that the expectation needs to change. I think that even monitoring like social media use is usually really good, especially if a mom is having some more, some worse baby blues or postpartum symptoms, because that comparison kicks in of like, wow, this mom's house is clean and the, her cabinets are really bright white and wow, her backsplash is <laughs> clean and I have wiped mine down in a year. Um, and it's really easy to look at that and, and just to say, we, the internet is not real life people. It's not. Yeah. Even right now behind me, I have, stretch pants with holes in it. And I have a beautiful banana Republic top on because the internet is not real life. It's not. Right. And so I just, I would say to challenge those thoughts and to know that that like set your goals as mothers, but set it as my goal is to feed myself, feed my baby and to pray. And, mm-hmm. and in those things, we're saying, we're going to put God first, we're going to seek him in all things, and we're going to take care of ourselves and take care of our baby. Because what your baby needs more than anything is a healthy mama. It's what your baby needs more than organic produce. God forbid, <laughs> I hope I don't get flack for this, but I do stand behind it. Breast milk is gold, but it's what your baby needs more than breast milk. What your baby needs more than anything is a healthy mom. And a mom that's right. taking care of her marriage as well, which is a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But your baby needs help. Whole other topic. It's true. Oh, like yes, I think it's so funny because it's this roundabout circle that I think the enemy takes us on, where we start the cycle at like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? Whatever, whatever. Or even like, I want to do the best thing for my child, and then you go on to like, well, my child's not getting the best, so I need to do this, this, and this. And so then you strive to do the that, that, and that that you had listed, and then you're a little bit more empty because you're more tired. You're not taking care of yourself, and you're again, you're like you're striving, you're hustling, and you're not working out of an overflow because at the end of the day, like 
maybe the prayer was missing or maybe just the pause Mm -hmm. and the peace was missing and like allowing the spirit to kind of just speak through you. One of the best pieces of parenting advice, I feel like I got that first six months was in the moments that you just feel so overwhelmed in the moments that you're like, I just, yeah, I don't even know what to do. Why are they crying? I'm so confused. Um, Let's just stop and actually just like take two moments, like two moments, two minutes and just ask the Holy Spirit, like Holy Spirit, you know, this baby better than I will ever. Like, you know, this moment, you can see the things, the context that I don't have. Like, would you tell me, like, just tell me, <laughs> get bossy, tell me what to do. Like, I'm willing to do it. And like the crazy things that sometimes I've gotten that have worked, like, you know, like the other day, Maddox woke up from a nap early and I was like, oh my goodness. So I took those because I got anxious. So like, this is my time. <laughs> it's been 45 minutes. Um, I've only unloaded the dishwasher and like fed myself lunch. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was like, go, go, go take a shower. Mm. Like, he'll be okay. Go take a shower. And I'm like, okay. And like, don't bring the monitor. Go take a shower. And so I took a shower for like eight minutes and got out and he was, he was asleep again. Mm. So I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but I'm just saying it's crazy. Like the peace that surpasses understanding that we're told that we have access to is there for us. When we take the moment and we stop and we pause because I think there a lot, we get, you know, the books that we've read, the Google searches that we've made, the, all the things that clutter our mind at the end of the day, like, no, like God's like our best shepherd. Like he's the best dad for myself and for Maddox. So I don't know. I just feel like that was, that was something that I feel like you were totally saying mm-hmm. and something that I know that you would even share, but no, I, I love that. That gave me freedom. Some solid advice. And, and I mean, in fact, too, it's, you know, especially when you're, you've got a, a baby that's a little bit older, like they can cry for a couple minutes. So, you know, you're not letting them cry for an hour, you know, but you can go right. and take a minute. And, and it was very freeing for me to learn, you know, and I kind of, I had a kind of a prayer, I would say a lot while I was holding a screaming baby for months, honestly, of just like, God, you can take better care of this than I can. You know him better. Mm-hmm. You, you knit together his innermost being just like you did mine and show me i mean there's so many times it was like show me where the gas pain is show me what's going on show me because i just think as is a, a desperate mom and struggling through those seasons and i feel like we we're all kind of hot mess moms and i know we're all have hot mess moms through those seasons <laughs> but I, we're I, hot right hot hot, hot. But, but still honestly <laughs> i'm a hot mess mom here i'll be honest like That's it's right. always a That's struggle right. but with that like i will say i mean I felt like those moments, like what you're talking about, asking the Holy Spirit to come in and be that shepherd, because that, that's what that's what He's there for. I feel like those moments deepen my faith so much. Mm-hmm, it was a mm-hmm. side effect I didn't expect of motherhood. And I remember asking a friend of mine who's very spiritually wise, who's also a counselor, and I was like, I find I like pray and cry a lot and sing a lot of praise songs. She's like, because you have to, you have to, you just right. you're at that point where <laughs> that's all you've got, and and that's a scary, but incredible place to be to remember all you've got is all you need and all you've got is going to be everything to suffice every every Mm. challenge that you're going to face in motherhood that god will lead you to exactly what your baby needs in that moment which sometimes it's hard it's he's going to cry yeah it just stinks it just stinks (laughs) it does (laughs) um the song i'm trying to remember the name of it's coming to my mind by jen johnson oh praise before my breakthrough Mm. And this whole idea of like, what does it look like to praise God and have the gratitude Mm -hmm. for what is going to come? Mm -hmm. So like, Lord, I praise you 
I was in advance for the moment that this baby finds some peace and comfort, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it's not now. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming. Like this isn't going to be 18 years of him screaming and crying, mm-hmm. although it feels like it in the moment. It feels like it. You're like, this is all I'll ever know is <laughs> 30 minute naps, you know, mm-hmm. or like this is all I'll ever know is gas pain. Um, but it's not. And fear is a liar. And I think in those moments when you are agreeing with the fear that like this is going to be forever, it's so easy to convince yourself of other lies. So I love this. Just like take a moment of truth, turn on some praise music. As forceful as that sounds, do it, like fake it, do it, you know? And then I think it it does lead you to a place of like surrender where you're, you get to a point, you're like, yeah, I got nothing else. I'm just going to, I'm just going to (laughs) pray, you know? Um, Okay, something that you've mentioned before on Instagram that I love that was really fun for me is you said even like, so this is for postpartum or even after postpartum, maybe you're a mom with a 16-year-old. Like the moments that you're kind of having funky, like you're just in a rut or frustrated, things are monotonous or mundane. You said find something to look forward to Mm -hmm. or like make something to look forward to. So I'm jumping to this conversation because this has been so helpful for me recently. So I'm like, okay, if I can just find something tomorrow or planning next week or a vacation we're going on in a month, like something that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it makes the this and like the right here so much easier. Mm-hmm. That was genius. <laughs> so I just know you are like full of all this awesome genius practical wisdom. And so I kind of want to ask you some like rapid fire questions if that's okay. Let's do it. Okay. So for the mom and and some of these two, we got, because I should preface this. We put up a question box for the summer series and was like, Hey, if you have a question about this specific topic, let us know. And it's so funny how many similar questions we got. And so I'm just going to like hit these similar pain points. I think where a lot of us are experiencing. Um, okay. So for the mom who is experiencing the baby blues, like what are fun ways or outlets that she can use basically to find something like find something to make her happy like a dopamine surge or like serotonin like something to be like okay like today's a hard day and I'm really sad but I can do this for myself in order to you know to get a little bit of energy or find a little happy mm-hmm. yeah and no, get that little that little burst of dopamine and and for it's so strange with dopamine the brain is is so different and again we're, we're sisters and not twins and and so for some of us, organizing our pantry gives us, uh, I know we can laugh at that, right? right? It gives us dopamine. <laughs> for some of us, we're like, absolutely not. And for myself, it is, and I talk about putting on mascara. It is so ridiculous. But I learned that my days, my long days, my baby went better. I would get up, I would let him safely cry for like three minutes. I would wash my face, brush my teeth, and put on mascara. It just made me feel like, yes. And so that's such a, I talk a lot about three minute self-care. And sometimes that is for me, that is totally sitting on Expedia and TripAdvisor and looking at vacations that I may or may not ever (laughs) Airbnb. I just, I love to, I love to plan and read reviews and, you know, and, and a lot of those trips have come to fruition in the last 10 years, which has been amazing. But a lot of them I planned like on maternity leave. I planned our trip to Ireland in 2019 on maternity leave. And like dreamed about all the castles we would drive by and the silly car we would rent. And we actually, we went, we did it. And it was so neat to see God bring that when I thought that's crazy. We're never, we couldn't even afford the expensive formula my son was on at the time. So it's so neat to see that God has brought this thing. So again, it might be different for everybody, but there are things like getting sun on your skin. I mean, you get 
dopamine just like that. It's giving someone a really, really good hug. It, it is taking a shower, but I'm always careful. I'm like, I just don't want basic hygiene for moms to feel like that's your yes. self-care. That was really depressing that's for me right. as a mom. I was like, um, I should get a shower either way, right? I love yes. my Bible study leader <laughs> would watch my kid and I would just go to the store by myself. And I remember walking like around Target, like around the like pillows and just being so excited to look at like brightly colored yes. pillows. So it's these little things that, I mean, I, and I do want like, you know, brush your teeth and, and take a walk and all those things. But for three minutes self-care, it, it it's so many little moments of do something that you love that reminds you who you are. And for me, it was mascara mm-hmm. because obviously I'm a girl that enjoys her cosmetics. I am. But, you know, for so yes. many of us, it's, you know, drawing, it's singing, it's running for some of us. I wish that was me. It's not. Um, for so many of us, it's CrossFit. <laughs> me too, sister. Not me. Right. CrossFit or planning to get back on a soccer team in six, eight months. You know, it's just whatever it is that makes you, you, it's whatever reminds you that she's still there. She didn't die when the baby was born. She was born too. A mom is born. And so, yes, we're different. We're never the same. But I believe firmly that as mothers and our new identity, that life actually, even though it's going to be different, it could be better than it's ever been before mm-hmm. if we do it right. And it has been for me. I think life is way better. I have way more fun now than I did before I had kids. I really do. And it's not because of my kids. It's because I figured a lot of my stuff out, figured out a lot of my issues right. and figured out how to, I, I don't even like the phrase live your best life, but I figured out how to live my life most authentic for myself in the life that God wants for me. At least I feel like I'm getting there. Um, yeah, so I feel that, like Maddox keeps me accountable. Yeah. Like, I'm like, again, like, again, the whole, like, I want to be my best version of myself for him, but in the becoming you know, like, yeah, becoming the best Rachel I know how in return, I'm getting these blessings of being like, okay, yes, this is cool. I love that. Dealing with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned something that I thought was really good. That was about um, this idea of, wait, this is happening to me so much these days. Mom brain slash pregnancy brain. I literally forgot what a keyboard was the other day. I was trying to describe it to somebody. I was like, the thing that you press the letters and it makes them it's come up as words. Like, yes. They were like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Okay. So like, I'll have this really cool thought in my head and then I'll just go. So it's not a you thing. It happens in my marriage too. It's Got it. Oh it's very relatable. Um, Got it. <laughs> Uh, okay, good thing this is a mom episode because all the moms are like, yes, girl, I get this. Um, but for real, like about this idea of like, you are not only a mom. I love that idea, like the identity, because it, it is so true. Like you feel so wrapped up. You're like, this is all I know because this is all I do. <laughs> this is all who I am now. And it's not true. And I would even say like your children, although they feel like sometimes that they are your world, because that's all you feel like you tend to, your responsibilities revolve around, but they, they cannot be your world. Mm-hmm. It's danger. Yeah. And so I want you to speak to the girl who's maybe having a hard time dishing out like, okay, who am I? Because all I feel like is a cow. Like all mm. I feel like right now is a mom. Like I'm disciplining these, like I'm trying to figure out these tantrums. That's all I do. So maybe mm. some encouragement, but also like, yeah, some ways to be like, okay, here's some practical things you could do today 
to start finding her again? Well, okay. So I caught myself in session a couple of years ago. Um, and I, maybe I feel the need cause I'm, I'm nearing on 40 at this point, but I used to, um, be a dancer and, um, Ooh. tap jazz ballet, but ballet was my love for sure. And I, I used to, that. I would say, Oh, I used to be a dancer. And I stopped myself one day. And I, was, and I felt like God was like, that's garbage, Rachel. I'm still her. I'm still, I still definitely dance in the kitchen. I still I definitely dance with my kids a lot. I definitely do dance for fitness. I'm still a dancer. Now I may not fit in a tutu anymore or anything like that, but I am still that girl. She didn't go anywhere. And so I always say, mama, you're still a dancer. You're still a singer. You're still a runner. You're still a soccer player. You're still a marketing executive, an artist. you're still an artist, like fill in the blank. You're, I was still a counselor, even though I felt like, oh my gosh, I have all these skills that I'm not using because I can't talk to this human being. <laughs> so I always say, mom, you're still a dancer. And it may seem small, but me catching myself saying that to myself, well, I used to be, and I was like, it's not true. I'm still a dancer. I, I like, I'm a I'm that double threat of doing like the Broadway stuff. I used to do musical theater and yeah. now I can't currently do musical theater even more, but I still am a singer and I'm still, I'm a dancer. So we start to say things differently, even out loud to other people. So we start to say, I'm still someone that podcasts or I'm still someone that is very much a wife that, that needs romantic love. And I'm more than a milk machine. I'm more than, you know, I know for me, I just feel like a floor sweeper half the time because, you know, children are really <laughs> messy, but I'm more than those things. And even just, just reminding yourself in those months where you can't really get out and run or you physically can't do some of the activities that you want to go do, or you can't, for me, I couldn't afford to go do anything. We were just, you know, we mm -hmm. just didn't have any money at that time. And so I just I had to remind myself that I am still those things that, Yet some of them are on pause at the time. I didn't know at the time I was going to be an author, but I'm still me. I'm still Rachel. I'm just Rachel plus mom. So no one stole that from you. You get to decide whether or not that stays. And there will be a day you can sing in the choir again. There will be a day that you can get, you know, go to a painting class. There will be a day that you can be a teacher again. Whatever it is that your love is, that will come. And it will come sooner than you think but you have to decide what your identity is. Nobody's going to do that for you because God already decided who you were a long time ago. You don't, you don't get to like That's butt so in and be like, no, actually God, I'm this person. Like you can tell yourself that all day, but what you can do is accept who he already declared that you are. And so oh, what he good. already said you are is he, he knit you together a long time ago and gave you these gifts. And you know, maybe you love wedding planning, maybe I mean, whatever it might be, those gifts are still there. And I think just saying, not saying I used to be. Stop that. That's not true. I think for me, it was just like, oh, I felt self-conscious, especially with baby weight and all of those things. Like, oh, it feels weird to say I'm a ballerina, but I am. And that hasn't changed that I'm still a dancer. So I would encourage moms, like, that's how you start that process is you just have to get in your mind and change that thought pattern to something that's a lot more true and a lot healthier, which this is still who you are. It's just put on pause Amazing. for a little bit. It's so true. Oh, I love what you said. Like God, God already formed your identity a long time ago. <laughs> it's just whether you want to agree with it or not. And your identity doesn't change or shift because if everything was stripped away, your identity would still be the same. Mm -hmm. So it's like to say like, you know, 
crazy thing. Like all of a sudden, like your house isn't here anymore. So you're not maybe a house owner, but like, what are, like, what are you, you know? Yeah. Um, hard question to answer when you're in the thick of it, but a good challenge for people to try and like sort through good homework, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, okay. I just want to encourage people listening to this. That if you are resonating or you want these more practicals and you're like hungry for them, please check out Rachel on Instagram. You are like reels queen. You're like <laughs> killing it. It's fun. It is so fun. Um, okay. Now it makes sense. You're a dancer because like <laughs> stage presence. She got it. She got the stage presence. Um, so yes, go watch the reels. Like there's so many fun practical tips and I like I can vouch and say like they're legit because there's a lot of other practical tips out there kind of have to weed through Mm -hmm. because you're like, I don't know if I believe in that. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, but Rachel's like, I can like check approve, not that you need it, but I'm like, I, I approve. I'll take it. it. I'll take it. And I appreciate it. I'm a big fan. They're they're (laughs) dorky, but they're real. And, and I, I enjoy getting to encourage people that I never would have been able to get a hold of that way. And exactly. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's been really neat to, to grow a little bit and, and to have people DM me from all over the world and saying that, you know, something I put out on a reel or in a little graphic or in a blog post changed their life. It's, and I say that with a very humbled, I mean, I'm incredibly humbled with every message I get. It blows my mind that you reached out to me, Rachel. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I know who she is. (laughs) I think that, yeah, I mean, it's just such an honor to get to do what I do. And I love nothing more than encouraging moms and and encouraging women that are struggling in all seasons of life, wherever they may be. I just, it's, it's, it's my heart song. Well, we can tell, and we are like so excited for their book. So excited. So if anything, like follow her for all the information when this other baby is birthed, because I have heard that from my author friends, it's quite a journey. Mm-hmm. So congratulations that <laughs> you're on the journey. Uh, we can't wait to see all the fun things. Where can people find you online? Maybe they do want to connect mm-hmm. for like help or even to find someone else that you can maybe refer them to, whatever. Say, so say they just want to get in touch with you. Yeah. Where can they find you? And so again, I'm R-A-C-H-A-E-L. So if you go to Ra- at Rachel Hunt Elmore, Hunt is my main name. Rachel Elmore wasn't available on Instagram. So at Rachel Hunt Elmore, Dang I am www.rachelelmore.com. And you can get in touch with me either way. I mean, I'm, my, I've got all my links, either of those places. It's really easy. You can just email me. I think um, it's easy to DM me if you need a referral um, or any sort of suggestions. I know I wish I could um, see all, like I wish I could work with all the moms that I hear from and I'm, yeah. I'm unable to do that, which is one of the reasons I really want to write this book is get that help out for, for other therapists as well to be able to say, hey, here's, here's really practical tips for new moms. Uh, but that's the best way to get in touch with me and just to interact with me. And please reach out. Like I'm I'm honored with every DM I get. I'm not famous or a big deal. And I just think it's so cool and would love it and love every message that I get. So, yeah. Oh my God. So fun. We'll link all this in the show notes. We always do. So I always love to say that, like, if you, you don't have to write notes or mm-hmm. take notes or jot stuff down, like you can just go to our show notes and everything will be linked there. I do have one more fun question. Mm-hmm. We need to start prepping people for this question because it's like, they're always so stumped. It's okay if you are. Take your time. But what is something you're loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening? Okay. 
Um, so I guess I cheated because I listened to a bunch of your podcasts ahead of time. So I yes, knew it was so you probably knew it was coming. <laughs> and um, this was one of the posts that I wrote that it didn't go viral, but it did really well. And it surprised me. I thought I would get a lot of flack for it because it's just me, my inner dorkiness just coming out and my imperfections. Okay. My obsession is just deciding that you're who you're supposed to be. And I joke that when I turned 30, that I woke that up that day and decided that I was awesome. And that I, even go. though flawed and all, sinful and all, uh, the, all the struggles that I have, all, all of the flaws, please know people, I have plenty of them, that I was great. I decided that I was beautiful and strong. I decided that I was a great therapist. I decided I was a good friend and a wonderful mother. Because when I decided that I was quote unquote awesome, not perfect, it's like I was able to fall into the shoes that I was supposed to be in. So why don't you wake up one day and decide that you're awesome? And I know I tell clients that and they're like, Rachel, like, you know, they're like, you're so ridiculous. You're so silly. I can't do that. And I'm like, I couldn't either. But you're literally creating a new pathway in your brain. We've learned through which go on Instagram if you want to hear more about how we can rewire how our brain thinks about things. But if you decide that you're pretty darn great and that you're a good mom and you're a wonderful wife, and you're a good friend and, and just strong, you really will be exactly who you say you are. And so it sounds silly. I thought a lot about it, how I wanted to answer that. And I just decided that I was going to say that I woke up one day and decided I was I awesome. love it. I love it. It's like kind of, woo. I mean, it's not woo, but this is what I'm about to say is woo woo. So like, I don't want to offend you because this is not what it is, but I feel like it's similar to what the world would call like manifesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, but yeah. It's just yeah. like. You know what I mean? But it's just like us saying, like, this is this is who I am and this is why I am that way. Mm -hmm. Not because of me, but, be you know, but it is such a cool thing. And I agree, like, the wiring mm -hmm. and where you act from it, totally yeah. different. And words have power. They do. Like, they do. And the our words that we carry, say to what is it, power I mean, of life Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things, right? I know I didn't list the whole list. And so whatever is true is that God says I'm worthy. Whatever is noble yeah. is God says, I mean, like fill in the blank. And so I have, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like people saying, you know, if you're manifesting or putting it in the universe, like, I'm not saying that, I, I get <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. but I'm no. saying that like decide you're exactly who God says you are and decide what yeah. that means. And it's really not dangerous. You're not going to become like conceited if you think that even though you're flawed, that you're really like a great friend and beautiful. Um, and so I think that when you just decide that you are exactly who God says you are, you're able to do the things in this life you're supposed to do, and you'll be so much happier. And walking in humble oh, yeah. confidence is exactly where I feel led that God wants me. And I really feel like it's God where God wants all of us. Amazing. Well, friend, thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. And I just pray and know that there's so many moms that have found freedom or even like an aha like it clicked for the moment. And if, even if not, I think that there's been so many seeds planted to where like one day they'll be like, okay, it's time. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go. Let's find this. So I'm just so grateful that you would help me break the ice on this and share all your wisdom and expertise. Mm -hmm. You're awesome. Oh, you are awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm, again, <laughs> yes. thank you so much. This has been such an honor. So thank you. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.